Welcome back to another episode of the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. It's great to have you with us. I am your host, Mitch Foster, and I'm joined with my co-host... Ando Anderson. Hey, <laughs> or Ando. Ando. Or Ando. <laughs> How are you today, Ando? Mate, I'm really, really good. Had two days basically in quarantine at home, not for any that bad reasons, but just getting used to this brave new world that yeah, we are facing. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different uh, prospect of life at the moment. But um, yeah, thanks for joining us this week. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here before, you know who we are, but we're just going to throw you to our normal intro. We are two diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby. Real, family-friendly, and positive. Get involved. Oh yeah. So this week, we have a pretty cool episode for you. We are going to start off with some spicy news to talk about. Or basically the changes of what's happening in yeah, rugby. Yeah, that's it. Are there any? Maybe there are, maybe there aren't. Let's see what actually happens. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got a bit of a fun segment of rugby, would you rather? Then we're going to look at our Wallabies teams that we would be picking today based on the seven rounds of Super Rugby we've seen so far this year. And we're going to look at next week. What are we going to do next week, Ando? Next week's going to be really fun. Look, Aussie rugby has not had the best time over the last couple of years. Yeah. But there's one moment since I really started becoming a fan that just warms my heart every time I think about it, which was the defeat of England in the Rugby World Cup in 2015 in England when they went out in the pool stages. And we were a key factor in yeah. that kind of uh, just sh- really shameful exit. Just the demise of oh, It and... was so good. So every time I watch that game, I get happy. So I thought, we need something positive. Yep. Why not, we say, everybody, next week we're going to review that game and talk about it. So between now and next week's podcast, can you please go and watch the 2015 World Cup match, Australia versus England, the pool game, and be prepared for the conversation that we are going to be bringing. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. We'll have a look at the highs and the lows of the game. And we will just look at the general scenario of what that ended up meaning for the England team and then the Australian team for the rest of that competition. Awesome. Well, should we jump on into it with our spicy news update? Let's get into it. Moving now to our spicy news. Basically, the big news in Australian rugby this week, Mitch, is the announcement by Rugby Australia on, I believe it was Friday night, the possibility of a domestic super rugby competition. So, can you talk to me about what that news was? Yeah, so if you were listening to the podcast last week, we had a chat about what we thought we'd like to see going forward for the Australian Super Rugby Tournament. And Rugby Um, Australia obviously listened. Yeah, they were listening. They went with our idea, which is awesome. And they've announced that they are going to go ahead with a domestic competition. They're going to bring in the four Super Rugby sides and then also invite in the Western Force for some form of competition. Now, there isn't too many sort of details as of yet what it's going to look like, um, whether it's how long it's going to last, home and away games, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. All we know this far, it's going to be the four Super Rugby, Australian Super Rugby sides with the Western Force, and it sounds really cool. Yeah, they've given a little bit of detail, but... So what they've said so far is it can be a home and away round-robin series beginning on Friday, April 3rd, which, from the time of recording, is two Fridays away. And it's really, really interesting to consider the fact that, A, like, so what do you think of the reasons why they're putting this out there? Why are they still trying to go ahead considering the social climate that we're in? Well, I think we as rugby fans need rugby. Need. We need it. (laughs) Not Uh, even want, need. Rugby league is still going ahead. Uh, AFL as of this afternoon, which is Sunday our time um, in Sydney when we are recording this, they have just announced they're Mm cancelling. So who knows where this will go in the future, if this will impact um, this competition. But as of today, as of now, as of recording... It is going ahead. So mm-hmm. it will bring in some needed rugby into the, the media, into the, the world, into mm-hmm. Australian sporting landscape, and it'll just give the Australian rugby players an excuse to keep playing. So there's that there's that dynamic too. So you've got obviously the fans. They, they want to see some rugby. Um, whilst society is going down the drain at the moment, yeah. there's still an opportunity. Sport is a good thing that helps kind of keep people positive and honestly take people's mind away from the negative stuff that's going on. There's so much of it in the news at the moment. But I think also you need to look at realistically what's the financial side of this as well. And it may well be that Rugby Australia is trying to provide some type of product to justify the broadcast deal that they have. 
and to make sure that they're actually getting the money from Foxtel that Foxtel have promised them. Yeah. Because I'm not sure I have absolutely no idea about contracts, negotiations and how that would work and if a pandemic is reason enough to stop paying money for a sport that you've paid to broadcast. Yeah, it's like a, a Fox thought. within their rights to not pay Rugby Australia anymore? Well, if there's, no, if there's no product, you'd think they were within their rights not yeah, to pay. Yeah, see, I don't know. And so there's there's this financial or slash business element to yeah. it as well where Rugby Australia or Sansa are obviously just trying to get a product out there to maintain some type, some type of commercial viability. Now, we've seen some similar competitions announced in um, the, other domestic, uh, the other international domestic uh, tournaments. So New Zealand is talking about introducing some form of similar competition we don't know what that is looking like as of as of now um south africa is also in talks to host their own form of competition um i did read uh, yesterday i think it was that new zealand have introduced some really new uh strong quarantine laws that will potentially stop the new zealand competition going ahead okay in that they can't have more than 100 people in a facility an enclosed sporting facility at once okay now 100 people i don't know if a a rugby game could go ahead with less than 100 people um but well if you think you've got 23 aside so that's automatically 46 plus minimum coaching staff of 10 like including kind of medical staff of 10 a team that takes it up to 66 then you've got the refereeing team 70 then uh you need to add in broadcasting team yeah and exactly. so you're very easily getting up towards that figure of 100 with essential personnel. Now, in saying that, New South Wales and Victoria have this afternoon also announced some more stringent laws in mm. regards to quarantine. So who knows if this will affect the Australian competition yeah. either. Yep. So realistically, it's really good. I was very excited on Friday when I read this. Mitch and I were sending messages back and forth saying how correct we were. but Just priding <laughs> ourselves on our right judgment. Yeah, for once. We'll see if it happens again. Um, but the reality is I'm not sure if it's going to go ahead. Yeah. So it's fair enough planning. Completely understand why Sansa and Rugby Australia are trying to go ahead with something. Yep. Let's see if it gets off the ground. Now, if it does go ahead... And the force have been invited into this competition, which they've accepted. So we will see the force compete. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts around the Western force? Would you like to see them do really well? Yeah, just for the fun of it. There'd be so much to talk about if they actually did really well. Yeah. I mean, they, they'd have to be better than a Tars, wouldn't they? The Tars, maybe the Rebels, they might run them close. Yeah. The Reds and the Brumbies, I think, are a bit of a step out ahead. Yeah. Yep. But in saying that... The, uh, the Western Force have only been playing in the last few years, apart from the NRC, which they have been involved in and did win last year. They have been playing sort of B-grade yep. Asian sides, so yep. who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it would be a really welcome step in just saying to the Western Australian fans that, yeah, we do actually care about you because um, they are justifiably... I don't know, angered, jilted. Um, they have very good reason for being disin- disengaged. And yeah, disenfranchised just with Rugby Australia in general. All yeah. those kind of negative emotional words, like you just had a bad breakup and just <laughs> want to lie on the couch eating chocolate, watching rom-coms or something like that. Watching rugby and then you can't because oh, your yeah. team's not even in yeah, the competition. Exactly. Well, that's enough on that news. Why don't we move ahead to the other kind of piece of news that we were going to cover, which is Friday Night Footy live streams. Yeah, so rugby.com.au has introduced, as of last Friday, a new segment where they are uh, hosting, I guess you'd say, streaming streaming, um, old classic Australian rugby games. Now, this Friday they had the 2011 Reds Grand Final game against uh, the Crusaders which was great. Did you catch this one? Did no, you... I've seen I've seen the game before, yeah. but I didn't watch it. Now, I, I haven't seen this game in a while, and I, I watched it. I watched bits of it. Yep. I didn't watch all of it, but yep. it was it was great to relive the uh, the triumph that was Quade <laughs> Cooper and... Will Genia in their prime. That's, that's the one where Will Genia makes that crazy yeah. break, and he runs like three quarters length of the field, kind of runs out of gas, but still gets there. Yeah, I was watching it on, on Friday, um, and I remembered it being so brilliant, but I don't quite remember how brilliant it was until watching it again. And yeah. it's great because he does make this break. And I think it's Zach Guilford or Sonny Bill Williams mm-hmm. is coming in on the outside to sort yeah. of uh, to shut him down. Yeah. And he does this little like shimmy with the ball that he's going to offload to Quade Cooper, I think, is on yeah. his outside. 
Yeah. Um, so the defender stops and sort of holds off to go for the outside man, and he just does it, and he just takes off again, and he goes <laughs> the full field and scores. It's brilliant. Oh, how good. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. But anyway, it's pretty cool that the Rugby Australia are doing that. They're obviously just trying to do whatever they can to enable some type of continuity in the engagement of rugby yeah. fans. I mean, it's good to have access to mm. these old these old games because if you don't have KO or Fox Sport, you're not you don't have access to it. So And unless it's on YouTube and even then it's not meant to be on YouTube. That's right. So and the quality's often pretty low. <laughs> As well. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, well, any other pieces of news or those no, are two main points? I think points? that's everything for now, so let's jump into the next segment. Hey, everybody, just a further update on the status of the Australian domestic rugby competition. Now, we recorded this episode on Sunday night in Sydney, and on Monday morning, Rugby Australia announced that all plans for this new competition have been put on hold until at least the 1st of May. This has been done due to the coronavirus and the new rules and regulations established by the Australian government. Now, while it is disappointing that we won't be getting any further rugby until at least May, I do understand that we need to put the health of our players, coaches and everyone involved first. Rugby Australia is doing the best they can in this difficult situation and they will need all of our support going forward. No need to fear though. We will continue to publish content in the coming weeks. We have lots and lots of rugby to discuss and dissect, so please stay tuned. Okay, so for this next segment, we are going to play a little bit of a game of Rugby Would You Rather, where we give two scenarios and we discuss which one we would prefer. So, Ando, I'm going to ask the questions for the first one and you're going to give me your answers. Okay, good. All right, so for this first one... Would you rather have your team thoroughly beaten by 40 points or narrowly lose by three? Uh, probably the narrowly lose by three. Really? I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic, so there's something in the gallant defeat that I can actually like take a positive out of. But just seeing your team get absolutely smashed just makes you really, really grumpy. Uh, okay. Now, for uh, me... I don't like seeing my team get beaten by 40, but at least then I know we weren't good enough. Yeah, okay. We, we, we deserve to lose. Mm-hmm. There has been so many times <laughs> as an Australian and a New South Wales supporter over the last few years where we've been so close on so many occasions and have just fallen short. So f- narrowly losing by three is the bane of my <laughs> existence. See, I just think of it for, from a how much of a... Ah, pain in the butt am I for the people that I'm around at the time and I figure if we just get smashed I just get over it because we sucked and we deserve to lose um, sorry no it's the reverse if if we if we get smashed I am um, I get really frustrated because we're so bad we're so bad yeah. but if we lose by like three points then I can just have that moment of oh this sucks we were so close and then but I mean we were pretty good I mean we nearly won so I, I, I have that like mental shift for me <laughs> that happens. So obviously we're different, but yeah, that's how I roll. Yeah, that. so for me, um, case in point comes back to the Wallabies and Wales game at the World Cup last uh, year, yep. uh, where the Wallabies lost 24 to 29. Now I was at this game and it was an exciting game to be at, but it hurt so much when we lost. Yeah. Because we came back so close mm. when Wales got out to such a good, a good lead early on. And then to lose by only five points was just, oh, it was just, I mean, I paid all this money to go to Japan <laughs> and it was brilliant and it yeah, was yeah. such a good experience, but at the same time, yet again, we've come so close and we've lost. How much of that is about the experience of losing by three points or about the whole World Cup experience that you've taken apart in though? You know, well, like, that's, if that's, it wasn't for spending all that money to go to Japan and do all that, that's true. would it have been as painful? I think being being at home and, and losing is, is painful for yeah. me. That Wales game, I was actually... Obviously, I want Australia to win, but I'm legitimately 50% Welsh. Okay. So, when Australian Wales play, I'm not that bothered. So, you're on the fence until I'm, I'm, the final whistle goes, and you're like, oh, My well. foot's more towards Australia, okay. but my, my mum is full-blooded Welsh. Okay. So, and I've, I've spent a lot of time over there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not that bothered. But there's been that many <laughs> Bledisloe Cup games where we've yes. so close yeah, and totally then different. just lost. Or it, it, even, it hurts even more when we're ahead by a good lead, and then yep. New Zealand just come back, and they're close within a few minutes to go, and then they win. In the last three minutes of the game. <sighs> Well, why don't we move on? We'll just get ourselves down in the dumps if we keep talking about Yeah, that's right. Um, Now, you told me about this segment not too long ago, so I only have one. Okay. But I'm hoping that you don't have this as well. Yep. Would you rather 
be squirrel gripped by Joe Marler <laughs> or have the ball pilfered from you by Richie McCaw? Oh. Yeah, it's hard, isn't no, it? No, this is a hard one. <laughs> Legally by McCaw? Uh, well, does he ever? That's true. That's true. Did I'm gonna. He, I think I'm gonna have to go with Joe Marler. <laughs> you know what? Me too. <laughs> you know what? I I would probably just laugh. I just laugh it off if I saw him just having a go. Um, but yeah, Richie McCaw comes over the top and steals the ball. Anyone else could have done it. And I would have been fine. Probably if I just saw, as well. If I just yeah. saw it was McCaw, I'd be filthy. So I'm going with Joe Marler. All right. Good. Me too. Same reasons. Nice. All right. So second question from you. From me. Yeah. Oh, third question overall. <laughs> Would you rather support a team of mixed international superstars in the vein of Toulon or yep. something like that, or an Australian team with no Wallabies? Um, Australian team with no Wallabies. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because, yep. I mean, you look at where the kind of under-20 Wallabies from last year have come... With the Australian Super Rugby teams this year, so yep. looking at Alessio, Harrison, Bell, yep. uh, Nwangi Nituase, blah 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 blah. They are all really exciting, and the excitement comes from the fact that you know they're going to get better. Yep. So it basically means that if they have a bad game, if they make a mistake, you're very forgiving. Yeah. Because you know they're still young. They're twenty. They're twenty-one. They're going to make mistakes, but they also do some really brilliant stuff as well. So yeah, I think I'd go for the. Australian team of non-Wallabies. Cool. Yeah, I think I would go with an Australian team too. But in saying that, it would be cool to see like a Barbarians type team that's got... Uh, if we're going off anyone, any era, Jonah Lomu yeah. with Richie McCaw and yeah. Brian Habana. You know, that would be pretty cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm an Australian, so I'll, I'll stick with the Australian as well. <laughs> Good. All right. All right. Now, last or not last, we've got one... one Technically, we've got one after this. Uh, would you rather beat a New Zealand team or lose to a domestic rival? Beat a New Zealand team. Yeah. Any any time. Any time you beat a New Zealand team is a good thing. Because they, they've I've, basically got the benchmark of quality, really. I think I might have written, wrote this down the wrong way. Really? Lose to a New Zealand team or beat a domestic rival. I think that's how it should be. We'll scrap that. Would you rather lose to a New Zealand team or beat a domestic rival? Does that make more sense? I don't know. No, I don't think it does. It doesn't? All right. <laughs> okay, we'll go with the first one. Um, I just think there's something sweet about beating a New Zealand team. Yeah, because always. Because they're that good. Yeah. They, they are very good. And the, the majority of the reason why I dislike them to the core of my being is because they are the pinnacle of quality in yeah. Southern Hemisphere rugby and really world rugby. And uh, it was two years now, two years ago now, where we went how many weeks Some without stupid without beating games. a yeah. New Zealand team? It was painful. Yeah, and the who just kept going. It was nearly the entire season, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, well, it, it happened mid-season and then it yeah, went right. into the next yep. season. Yep. So, and I think we didn't beat them in the internationals either. So, <laughs> now this last question. This is a. Uh, this was put suggested by my wife. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd ask. I don't necessarily think it's the best one. Oh, no, don't say that. Get the brownie points for having it in there. We've got it in here, so we'll see how it goes. Dangerous territory. Would you rather Mm -hmm. win by an incorrect referee decision or lose by a knock-on in goal? Win by an incorrect referee decision or lose by a knock-on in goal? Yeah. Now, the only reason I didn't suggest this was because, to me, kind of, you would always take a victory by an incorrect decision. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Personally, I'd take the win because yep. Australian rugby needs a win. Everyone needs a win at the moment. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd always be going for the win. Um, I think back to the 2015 World Cup versus Scotland. Craig yeah, Trebert made a bit of a right, dodgy decision. That's right, that's where I went as well. Hey, we, we still we, we took won. it. We, we took it. We, that was we a semi-final, through, wasn't it? That was a quarter-final oh, because quarter we final, played okay. Argentina in the semi, there so we, we went on okay. into the final. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think, although in saying that, knocking on in goal to lose a game would be horrible. That would be pretty horrific. It'd be funny though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well Connor, Connor, sorry, just to cut in. Connor yeah, reminds go. me of the Wallabies game. Sorry, the Waratahs game. Kirtley Beal, two drop balls in oh, the same passage I mean, we weren't in goal, luckily, before but yeah. The, yeah, before the turnover and then they score off the resulting play. Right at the end. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So I'd definitely be going for a illegitimate win. Yeah. 
Cool. <laughs> All right, that's um, the end of that segment. So that was a bit of fun, and now we'll get on to the next one. All right, we're doing our main segment for this week, which is picking of the Wallabies teams. So, basically our rules were, it is based upon the first seven rounds of the Super Rugby season. Secondly, if a player is injured but they're expected to be back before the June test, then they are eligible to be picked. Yep. And at least from my stats that I'm going to be providing, if I say that, say, a player is fourth in the tackle count, that is for players in their position overall so just trying to provide a bit of clarity there so the way that we're going to do it is um, I'm going to start off I'm going to talk through my front row my starting front row we're going to go through 1 to 23 and we'll go through kind of front row locks back row and then we'll restate who our forward pack are yep and then we'll go 9 10 12 and then you're outside center and you're back Yep. and then we'll go through reserves restate who the back line are and go through reserves after that cool now we might mention uh, yeah, no, that's fine. So, I'll start off with my front row. So, I have number one, James Slipper. Nice. Number two, Murphy. Okay. Number three, Alan Alatoa. Mm. So, let me go through those. James Slipper, playing at the Brumbies. He's got an incredible redemption story that we've mentioned in the past. Basically, he had some... Uh, personal issues and discipline issues up at the Reds, went down to the Brumbies and has basically had a renaissance or a rebirth down there. Um, his stats aren't incredible. He's not topping the competition in anything. He's fourth in tackles, uh, second in runs, third in run meters, which that, that's good, but he's not kind of in the, the top player in, a, in yeah. his particular position. But what he is, is reliable. And the Brumbies are up there with the Reds as having the strongest pack or scrum. And he's a core part of that unit. He's actually pushed out Scotty Co from the starting team. And <laughs> yes, that's really significant. Yes, yeah. So if you're pushing out the incumbent Wallabies prop, then that's saying something about the form and the way in which your coaches are rating you. So I had, I had him in starting at number one. Next, Alex Murphy. So last week we 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 weren't that positive towards no, Alex we Murphy. Weren't. We weren't. And then I spent time preparing for this, and I looked through his stats, and it really proves how little I know about the game of rugby, <laughs> because he is he is the form hooker of the competition. Okay. You look at his stats, and aside from Falau Fainga, who scored a hat trick one game off the back of rolling malls, yeah. so he's on five tries, I'm pretty sure. Apart from him, with his tries scored. Murphy is leading in nearly every category. So he's second in runs, 36, first in run meters, second in turnovers, first in tackles. He's got 60 tackles as a hooker, and the nearest is 47. Okay. The team's lineup percentage is at 87%, which is it's good, but it's seventh in the competition. And he's played 543 minutes across seven games. That is nearly 80 minutes a game. So he's nearly playing a full game every single week. Yeah. So I was really, really impressed going through his stats and I thought, wow, okay, I, I really need to be paying more attention to him. <laughs> so that's why he made my hooker. Yeah, cool. And then Alan Alatoa, um, I'm, I've got a bit of shuffling elsewhere in my forward pack. So with my front row, aside from Mafi, I'm really just going for experience and, cons- and consistency. Yep. And so Alan Alatoa provides that. The Brumbies have had a really strong scrum, and um, Tupo actually is better than Alan Alatoa in a bunch of areas. But he's second in runs, second in, equal second in run meters, first in tackles. He's got 66 tackles. The nearest is 46 after that so he's 20 above his nearest competitor playing in the same position so my front row slipper Murphy, Alan Alator lovely over to you well my front row for my Wallabies 23 man squad uh, number one tight head prop James Slipper from the Brumbies mm-hmm. number two hooker also from the Brumbies Falau Fainga okay and number three at uh, tight head Taniela Tupo from Queensland yeah okay now I went with James Slipper, pretty similar to why what you said. He's 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 in form at the moment. He's making the he's making the runs off with the ball. He's making his tackles. So he's t- to me he's the in form prop for the Australian Conference at the moment. Yep. So that's why I put him in there. Now I went with Falau Fainga because of his line out throwing. 
Okay. Now, I couldn't specifically find stats to prove that he was a better line-out thrower. Can I just speak to that? Yep. If anybody out there knows where to find specific line-out percentage stats... Yeah, particularly beyond, for the throwing. Yeah, particularly for throwing. Not just stats on like the percentage of line-out wins, but yep. specific to a player. We couldn't find that information. So if you do know where that exists, please tell us. We would love to know. Sorry, Mitch. Back yeah, so I, um, I've i got Flatfinger because the Brumbies had a higher percentage of yeah, okay. um, line-out victories than the Reds. So mm-hmm. to me, and just from what I've seen, I think Flatfinger throws better. He's He scores all of his tries through the mall as well. So mm-hmm. he obviously knows how to how to do that. That's going to be helpful. Come, oh, come on, he just sits at the back of it and then just falls over the line. Isn't that how you do it? Yeah, but Murphy's not doing it. Because the Brumbies use the scrum <laughs> rolling yeah, more, no, more than right. I do. You're but. right. But um, yeah, I just think uh, he is he's my pick for a starting. Yep. He's also got the experience as well. Yeah, true. So Murphy hasn't played for the, the Wallabies yet. Flaffinger does. Mm-hmm. Now, Taniela Tupo, I've picked him. Yes, he's a great scrummager. Yep. But for his work off the ball. Yeah, sure. So his tackle busts, his line breaks... And his offloads. Mm-hmm. That he, they, this is the sort of, for my twenty-three man squad. These are the kind of stats that I'm looking at for my players because I want the Wallaby side, my Wallaby side, to be playing fast, loose rugby. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's why I've picked Tupo because he's he's immense off the ball. Falafinger, he's great in the lineout, and James Slipper because he's a good scrummager. As okay. all three of them are. Cool. So we agree with one, and then we've got the two differences there. Yeah. Okay. And, and the other prop. So let's move into the locks now. So number four and five. Um, I have chosen uh, Lukan Salakai Loto okay. and Matt Phillips. Matt Phillip. Okay. Now, Salakai Loto, he can play number six, he but he also can play lock. Yeah, he's uh, been playing lock yeah, so he's been interchanging a bit. I looked yeah. up and tracked through, and he has alternated he's done, between. He's done both, yeah. But I want him as a number four because I don't think his mobility is that good for being a number six. Okay. Um, now, he has had an incredible start to the season, so I I believe he think he deserves to be a run on starter for the Wallabies. Yeah. Look at these stats: first in run meters for a lock, two hundred seventy nine. Second in runs. First in line breaks, first in tackle busts, first in offloads, first in penalties conceded. Oops, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but he's also, um, he's climbing up the line-out win stats. So he's equal 10th in line-out wins. Now, that matters because he's increasingly becoming a line-out, stat, a line-out target. Yep. And that matters when you get to my back on. Okay. Back row, sorry. Yep. Now, Matt Phillip is the other choice. He's got a really strong work rate. Doesn't have the same kind of incisiveness or kind of power game yep. that Salakai Loto does. He's equal third in lineouts one, so he's going to be kind of the lineout general okay. in that team. He's equal second on runs, fourth in run meters, sixth in turnovers, so he's equal first. Um, so he's he does a lot of that dirty work, really strong in close, tight to the rock kind of thing. And he's had a really good season so far for the Rebels. So those are my lock. That is my lock combination. Lovely. Yourself? I have got at number four, and this could potentially be a bit controversial, <laughs> Rob Simmons. Hey, here we go. <laughs> All right. Who do you support again? New South Wales. Yeah. <laughs> All New South Wales through and through. No. Now, I picked Rob Simmons because of his line-out ability. Yep. So I... Um, as you said, you've gone with Lucan Salakai Loto. Mm-hmm. I may have gone with Lucan as well. We'll just see <laughs> yeah, okay. somewhere so else in the team. Six, sure. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Yeah. No surprises. I went with uh, Salakai Loto at number six. Mm-hmm. I think he's better in the loose. Okay. Than being a number four. Sure. Now, uh, Rob Simmons, he's got the he's got the line out wins. So the New South Wales Waratahs at the moment are actually leading the competition in line-out win yeah, percentage. Yeah, I saw that. So there are something on like 96% line-out mm-hmm. wins of their own own feed. Um, Rob Simmons, just he's going to run my line-out. That's why I've got him in there. Yep. Now, I've also gone with Matt Phillip because he's also making meters off the ball or with the ball. Mm-hmm. So 36 average run meters per game. Yep. I couldn't find the line-out, individual line-out percentage um, that you seem to have for individual players. That's okay. So I can't base his lineouts on anything. But um, for run meters, he's currently sitting number two in the competition. Um, he's currently making 
he's made 221 runs with uh, he's made 52 runs with the ball so far yep and he's made 221 meters now yep. Salakai Loto has made 52 runs as well for 279 yep but I think that's something we need as a six not as a four okay I think Rob Simmons and Matt Phillip would work really well together in the tight mm-hmm. in the in the breakdown they're both really tall Salakai Loto also is really tall but I just think the experience as well for Rob Simmons to lead the line out and also just to lead that forward pack around. He is New South Wales captain. Is going to be invaluable. So okay. that's who I've gone with. I completely understand. I mean, there's a part of me that just doesn't want to see Rob Simmons starting for the Wallabies again. Um, <laughs> because the poor guy just gets crapped on all the time. It'll just create a whole bunch of rage on different forums. But but who else? Like, you've got Salakai Loto in there. Let's, let's get there. Let's get there. No, but, but you've got him in your team as yeah. number four. Now yeah. you, we haven't. You've chosen someone else at six, obviously. Yeah. I don't know who else is a second row. I would put. I have some suggestions. Um, actually, who am I going to talk about later? Um, no, I've got. Yeah, a, okay, I cool. do have. So, if you think about it, who else in lock? Realistically, you would be thinking someone like Isaac Rodder. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Isaac Rodder was like the nailed-on kind of lock for the Wallabies yeah, last he year. He was. You look through his stats this year. He was down the bottom. He's really not performing no, I wasn't in those sure. measurable areas. I wasn't sure if he was not getting game time because I—that's once that he, I didn't. He at. had ankle surgery before the yeah. season started, so I think he wasn't getting much game time for but the first only, couple of games. From what I can remember, was it the last game that they played or the game before he came on? Yeah, and that was like his re-entry. Into yeah, Super like Rugby. Harry Hawkins is starting more than Isaac Rodder is. So I just don't know if he's game fit yet to be selected in the Wallabies, yeah, considering we're yep. week seven. Agreed. And so I just, I was really surprised I wasn't picking Rodder because yeah. we've mentioned, we've spoken when, when we were talking about Matt Phillip leaving yeah. for Powell, yeah. we were talking about who's going to be partnering Rodder for the Wallabies. That's right. But Rodder isn't keeping his spot for Simo. it seems like for you or for me. Simo. We'll see. <laughs> Alright, okay. So for Locke, you've got Simmons and Phillip. Yep. And I have Salakai Loto and Philip. Cool. Okay, let's move on to the back row now. So we're going to go across six, seven, and eight. And I'll just kind of rip the band aid off. I've got Rob Valentini for number six, uh, Michael Hooper for number seven, and Izzy Nasirani for number eight. Cool. Now, for Rob Valentini, I was finding it really hard to choose who to play six. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted Salakai Loto at number four, so he wasn't in my equation at all. And I was basically tossing up between Angus Scott Young from the Reds and Rob Valentini from the Brumbies. So I basically just went off the fact that I've noticed Rob Valentini a lot more in the games that I've been watching. And I've watched all the Reds and Brumbies games. I just, he seems to be around the place more, having more positive impacts from at least my general viewing of the games. Um, he's third in run meter stats. He's equal fourth in runs. He's first in missed tackles. <laughs> um, and what Scott stat. Young's also really new. Uh, whereas at least Rob Valentini's been around for a couple of years now yeah. and has a lot more super rugby experience with the Brumbies. So I picked him. Cool. Michael Hooper. This is a bit of a contentious one. A lot of people might be pushing for Liam Wright, and we'll see where you go in a moment. But Liam Wright is definitely trying to kick down the door. Yeah. But I don't think he's done enough yet to oust the incumbent number seven and the previous captain and the potential captain of yep. the Wallabies. Yeah. Like, you really have to be a level above to knock out the captain, right? Yep. Hooper continues to excel with his work rate in attack and defense. I personally think this is one of those immeasurable things. He seems to have worked on his passing game a bit more. Okay. He, I've think he's playing a bit more of that link man role and he's done some really nice cutout balls on counter attacks to release the wide players for the Waratahs and so I just I just really wanted him in a team basically second on runs first on run meters equal first on line breaks first on tackle bus third in tackles so he's one of the former he's one of the form open sides still so I just don't think you can replace him without a really 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 good reason then Isi Nasirani Considering some of the new players in the team, there's really an element of continuity to why I've picked him in the Wallabies. He was the number eight for the tail end of last season, and I just think he should stay there. Um, Really, who's the other form number eight? Harry Wilson. Now, Harry Wilson is doing really, really well, but he's such a young player that I worry about the consistency. And in only seven rounds, we just... I'm not confident that he has 
the ability yet to make an impact on the international scene. Mm. And I just think Nicerati has runs on the board. Yep. Um, and unless uh, unless Wilson was able to continue it, if we didn't have this pause, then yeah, I just still think Nicerati's ahead. Um, I did a head-to-head comparison of the two of them. And Wilson comes out a little bit ahead of him in nearly every category. Um, Nicerani is ahead on tackle busts, 20 to 11. Uh, Wilson is ahead on turnovers, 3 to 8. So he's got five more. Um, handling errors, though. Wilson has eight handling errors compared to three. Oh, wow. So, yeah, look, there's a bit of it might be the up-tempo game that Reds have been playing. And yeah. It just means there's a lot more pressure on the handling from Wilson. But, yeah. I just thought Nicerani deserves to keep his spot and Wilson is an exciting prospect, but let's give him some time playing Super Rugby before we vault him onto the international stage. Over to you. All right, so I have gone for my back three. Number six, Lucan Salakailoto, Mm -hmm. as I said before. Yep. Number seven, Michael Hooper. Cool. And number eight, Izzy Nicerani. Okay, cool. Apart from our number six, we've got a pretty similar back line. Yep. Uh, back three, sorry. So Michael Hooper, you, uh, there's no one else in the game that's doing what he's doing at the moment. Yep. Like his work rate is phenomenal. His tackles, his off the ball runs, he's he's just like he, I, he I never gets injured either. Exactly. Well, well Touchwood hardly gets injured. Um, Liam Wright as well is is pushing, but I don't think he's ready at this stage to yep. start. Also, I've got ca- uh, Michael Hooper as my captain for this team as well. Now, Hooper's not the captain of the Waratahs at the moment, but he is trying really hard not to be. Yeah. Like, he is... He's talking to the ref more than Simmons is at the moment. You do see that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but the refs are also talking to him too, so I don't know who's at fault there. But anyway. Mm. So, we've got Michael Hooper. We've got Lucan Salakailoto. Now, the reason I've got Lucan at six is that he does have the offload game that I like. Yep. So, he's averaging 1.3 offloads per game. That's an average. At the moment, he has... Uh, he's had nine offloads. Yep. So he's leading the competition in offloads. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's the kind of ball runner that I'd like to see in yeah, this sure. back three. Now, I've also got Izzy Nicerani at the back for his on-the-ball presence. Yeah, so okay. his turnover game. Michael Hooper does have the ability to go hard for the ball. But he's not playing that at the moment. He's playing wide and he's being more of a, yep. a link to the back as you, yep. backs, as you said. Yep. So I've got Izzy Nicerani in there because he's a big body. He's got the uh, the Fijian flair to be able to get those offloads away. But he's also got the ability to get on the ball and to get those pilfers. Mm-hmm. So, and Salakai Loto does have that ability as well. He has done it in the past. His stats for this season aren't showing that. But I think that's also something that Queensland is doing. They're it's not, a coaching decision. Yeah, yeah, they're not playing the on the ball... Well, but also, they're using playing, right for that. If he's playing second row, as he has been on and off, that's not your position. Like the second row aren't yep. aren't going for the yep. for the ball pilfers. So, yep. I'd like to see him more as a number six, get a bit of freedom, get a bit of uh, room to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the three of them would link up together really well. Okay, cool. Well, that's fair enough. So, can I get you to run through your one to eight, please? Just say the names. Okay. So, James Slipper, Falaf Fainga, Taniela Tupo. Rob Simmons, Matt Phillip, Lucan Salakai Loto, Michael Hooper, and Izzy Nicerani. And mine was James Slipper, Alex Murphy, Alan Alatoa, Lucan Salakai Loto, Matt Phillip, Rob Valentini, Michael Hooper, and Izzy Nicerani. Awesome. Okay, let's move on now. And we're going to go to the back line. And I'm going to start with my 9, 10, 12, 13. Okay. Okay, and then we're going to do back three after that. Yeah. So, number 9, Tate McDermott. Okay. Number 10, James O'Connor. Number 12, Matt Tamua. 13, Tavita Kurandrani. Did you copy my notes? <laughs> do, you, do you literally have <laughs> I the same? have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, it's good to know that, so we don't need to kind of go back and forth. Um, why, why did you choose Tate McDermott? Well, I was looking at the options of the number nines that we currently have. Now, Jake Gordon this season is not been... He's not he's in not, the picture. He's not started the season as he finished the season last year. Yeah. This year. I don't know what's happened, whether the Waratahs are trying something different it doesn't appear that they are um or whether he's just he's sweating under the he's got two halfbacks now vying for his spot um he's injured actually at the moment so he's played he hasn't played the last two games but i just just don't think that he's on he's on point like he's not making his passes aren't going 
they're not pinpoint. They're not going to the bread basket where they need to yep. be. So I didn't go with him. I then looked at Joe Powell. I've, so you're looking at reasons. Uh, I'm not looking at reasons not to select them. Yeah. I'm just looking at reasons to start them. Yeah. So okay. I do have Joe Powell as my my reserve okay. scrum half. Okay. But I just don't think he's right there as our number nine. So I did some of the stats for Tate McDermott. Yep. He is the best attacking scrum half yep. in the Australian competition. So he scored five tries. He's equal second in the competition for, for like out of all players uh, for tries scored. He has more runs than any other scrum half in the competition. Equal first for line breaks of scrum halves and equal second for tackle busts. Well, I've got here that he's making 3.1 average run runs per game for an average meter made of 18. Yep. So he's doing. Meters made. <laughs> he's doing really, really well from the attacking angle, and I just really like the energy that he brings to the yeah. game. And I thought that he pairs really well with James O'Connor at number ten. That was my second yeah. point with with James O'Connor at ten. I think having the Queensland nine and ten combination yep. is only going to be a good thing to do. Cool. So James O'Connor, then um, we've mentioned him before. I'm really impressed by the way that he runs onto the ball, he's strong enough to take the ball to the line and he can either run it himself or he's willing to play that kind of flat pass across the face of the defense. Yep. Um, he's also pretty experienced at 12, so he can swap out with Tamua. They can just interchange. Yep. Like you'd often see with yep. um, Foley and Beal. Yep. They'd both step into first receiver at whatever part of the game required it. Well, Beal at the moment is playing from fullback as well. Yeah. He's coming up into... Not yeah. necessarily first receiver. He's probably playing third, second third receiver but he's also doing that yeah. so I just think that having him he, he can play at 12 as well if needed he's doing a fair few kicks out of hand too so that's an option as well and then for my number 12 I had Tamu like I mentioned he brings that defensive intensity in my mind and he also has a willingness to play a short kicking game if you look at O'Connor's kicking stats he has one of the uh, longest kick meters yep. which indicates that he's doing clearance kicks or he's doing kicks for territory yep. rather than Tamua who's doing more tactical kicking game sure. um, or a tactical attacking yep. kicking game um, and Tamua is a proven defender he would probably be the kicker for the team um, he's at 71% for his kicks overall which is actually second to Australian kickers Harrison is 72% um, mm. so and this is for kickers who have made a certain amount of kicks. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my... That's my 10 and 12. Why did you pick Connor and Tamua? So, as you, similar to what you've said, I like the fact that O'Connor will take on the line. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 7.2 runs per game, um, which is showing that he's not just feeding the back line. He's yeah. taking the line on. So, he's making those runs and he's making those meters, um, which, is, uh, which is what I want our Wallabies team to be doing. Yep. I want them to be running. I also like that, as we've said before, he's moving when he gets the ball. So he's got that line moving as well. Mm, yeah, There's okay. no stagnant running. There's no. They're not flat when they receive the ball. He's forcing that back line to be going forward. Now, I've also got Matt Tamil at 12, mainly because he's going to be our kicker. Yeah, okay. Um, he's also got the ability to play potentially three positions in that back line. He could move out to 13 if needed. Yep. He can play uh, 10 as well. So... He's the utility back, but he's also... I mean, he's playing 10 for the for the Rebels at the moment. Yep. Uh, but I think having the 9-10 combination from Queensland is going to be more beneficial. Yep, I agree. 13, Tavita Kurandrani. So, I picked him because he's runs and run meters. He's first for the runs out of all the centers. Third, run meters at 371 out of all the centers. Uh, we know that he has an insane amount of experience at a provincial and an international level. Yep. And I think he's required for a team that, look at your 9, 10, 12, they're not big. Yep. You need a big physical presence, even if at the very least it's to be a decoy runner. So you remember that um, Brumby strike play that we talked about last week that was the final play of the game? Yep. The reason why they got out wide was because Tavita Kurandrani ran hard under his line outside of... It was either 10 or 12, might have been Nere Simone. Um, he ran a hard under his line and Newsom goes for him. Yep. Newsom bites on that threat because if he gets a short ball, then he's like through. Yep. But because he uh, Newsom bit on it, basically that drew the whole defense out of line. Yep. And you just need somebody that can beat that ball running through, yeah. even if you're not going to use him. Because I actually looked at his stats and his... He's off the charts low for tackle busts and line breaks. 
Yeah. So he's not actually like getting through the tackles. But I wonder if that's because he's often used to as that crash ball runner in heavy traffic. Yeah. He's not someone that's kind of going at a soft shoulder of a defending player that's kind of backtracking. He's trying to pin and hold back the defense, get a quick recycle, and then in the next play, the attack is actually well, coming He's only forward. made four offloads this season. So. Yeah, he, he's never been an offloader. He's got seven tackle busts. Yeah. So I just think that you, you need him for the power and the strength that he brings, um, but we just need to be aware that, look, you're not going to be getting offloads. You're not going to be getting uh, massive line breaks from him regularly. Although, give him the ball on the charge five, ten metres out from the line, he's likely going to get over for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's my 13. Why do you pick him? Similar. Uh, okay. He's a big ball player. He's a big ball carrier. Three, 371 run metres two line breaks for seven tackle busts. So he's making the meters, but he's not getting through the line as much as some of the other um, options for a 12 or a 13, mm-hmm. but he's got the experience. Agreed. Now, this is what one thing that I was looking at with this team is that there's a fair few fresh faces coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the first season, for the first team of the year, we probably want to stick with a few experienced players. Um just to ensure that there's a bit of continuity going forward and then blood some of the new guys. I agree. So that's why I picked Vita Kundrani. He's experienced. Well, why don't we move now to the outside backs? Cool. So, 11, 14, 15. Wing, wing, fullback. Yep. So, before we start, what's the difference between a number 11 and a number 14? Is there a different tactical or positional style of play that you expect from an 11 or a 14? I legitimately don't know. Uh, potentially, which side of the f- which kick, which foot they can kick off. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but no, not really. I mean, there's, there is. It's a different tackling side. So if you're better tackling from the left or the right, is eleven the left hand side of the field? It is. Yeah. Okay. And then and fourteen. But in there is also the sweeping one one side, and I can't remember which position it typically is, 11 or 14. I'm going to say it's probably 14, yep. is the sweeper. Oh, okay. So cool. they will drop yep. back and come around to, to support the fullback when the ball's been kicked back. Yeah, okay. Right. Whereas the 11 will often stay up with the line yep. and, and be a, a harder to attacker. And one's like 11's probably a harder attacker, mm-hmm. whereas the 14's more of a defending. Role. Okay. Well, I chose Marika Kurabedi for my 11. Okay. And then Andrew Kellaway at 14. Yep. And then Dane Hellepetty at 15. Okay. Cool. So why don't we just hear yours and then we'll track through. Yep. So I've got Henry Spate at number 11. Yeah, okay. I've got Andrew Kellaway at 14. Mm-hmm. And I've got Dane Hellepetty at 15. Yeah, okay. So it's just Spate or Corabetti. That's the point of difference. Um, I chose Corabetti because I believe that we need size and pace in the back line. I was thinking Henry Spate. Mm-hmm. He has much better stats yeah. than Corabetti. Yeah. Um, the thing that I just like about Corabetti is his speed and physicality yeah. is more than Spate's. Yeah. He's a bigger unit, runs harder, he's stronger. Um, Spate is getting a bit older now. Um, he is slowing down. Yeah, he is. He, he is, is noticeably slowing down. Yeah. Now, that being said, he's still playing really, really well for the yeah. Reds. Um, he's got how many tries? Four or five this five. season? Yeah, five. So he's doing really well, but I just chose Kurabetti. Um Now, Andrew Callaway, look, he scored seven tries this season. I couldn't really... And he's got a whole bunch of extra stats for runs and run, uh, run meters. But I just thought you can't keep the top Super Rugby try scorer out of the squad. But he doesn't play enough positions to be a bench player, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. So he's either in the starting team or he's not in the team at all. Sure. So I just got him onto the field. Yeah, cool. And then 15, Dane Halepetti. He's playing really, really well. Fourth in run meters, fifth in runs. Um, he's really reliable, particularly as a kicking option out of hand. Neither Kellaway nor Corabetti kick much. Yep. Neither does State either for yours. Yeah. So you need a fullback that kicks reliably. Yeah. And that's Dane Halepetti. Um, I just wondered that if we've got two non-kicking wings, if that's a particular issue. So it might well be. Andrew Kelly can kick. He's only kicked. He doesn't. Like, he, hasn't he doesn't often much. kick, but he can kick. Um, so. Looking at the stats, he'd only kicked a couple of times this season. It yeah. wasn't many. Um, okay. Do you want to add anything about now? Spate I've um, I've chosen Spate because of his tackling ability. Now, yeah, if you okay. look at, I put him up against Marika Corabetti. Now, on average, Henry Spate has got five point three tackles per game. Yep. In actual stats. Henry Spate has made 37 tackles as okay. a winger. Yep. Marika Korobetti has made 20. Okay. 
Now, I'm picking Henry Spate for his defensive ability. That's why I've got him in there. Because he's going to make those tackles. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kundrani, uh, not Kundrani, Korobetti as well did cop that yellow card, so he, yep. ha- he has a tendency to go high. Yeah, he whether, does actually. Whether that's the leaguey in him or just because he's he's quite a big shouldered man, um, whether he just he does hit and he bounces, so if that does yep. cause him to rise up, I just think Spate's going to be a more uh, safe bet yeah, okay. on the wing. Okay, cool. Kellaway as well, finishing ability, and then Dane Hallett Petty for his un- his ability under the high ball. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, well, that's all seeming pretty solid. I'll run through my back line. Tay McDermott, James O'Connor, um, Matt Tamura at 12, Kurandrani at 13, wingers, Kurabetti and Kellaway, fullback, Hallett Petty. Cool. I've got Tay McDermott, James O'Connor, Henry Spade at 11, Matt Tamura at 12, Tavita Kurandrani, Andrew Kellaway at 14, and Hallett Petty at 15. Awesome. Well, why don't we move to our bench now and we'll again kind of go front row, then lock slash back row cover. Yep. Um, what split did you do? Did you do 5-3? So three? I've got three, one, two, three, four, five forwards. So 5-3. Yeah, yeah five, okay, three. cool. I did the same. Cool. Um, so I have as my reserve front row, Scotty Seo, Falao Fainga, Taniello Tupo. Okay. So pretty standard, really. Yep. Scotty Seo playing well. Um, he, I wanted continuity within a front row. Okay. I think front row is really important and just wanted to make sure that we had experience there. Um, he doesn't have much game time this season because f- Slipper's form means that he's not in the yep. starting team. But losing your position to the form prop, I don't think is necessarily the worst thing in the world if you're still playing well. And he is. Um, Flair Flanger, he's only played the first few games... Um, because he's had a toe injury for the last couple. So I'm yeah. assuming he's going to be back. I couldn't find any information about it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a toe injury. I don't yeah. think it would be that bad. Um, yeah, exactly. Although it ended James Haskell's career, so... I don't know what kind of injury it is. <laughs> Neither. Um, stats, so because he has been out for the last few games, his stats are really skewed. But on average, if you average it out, he's equal to Rangi, who was my kind of next in line to okay. be the hooker. Yeah. And then Tony Yeah, Alexico. I kind of thought Rangi, I had a look at him, um, considered it, but he's just too far down the stats at the moment. Yeah, but I really like the energy that he brings. You <laughs> actually watch him playing for the Rebels, and he's just... Yeah, he's energetic. He's oh, done, yeah, he's you're energetic right. and enthusiastic, and I just, I want to reward him, you know? Like, <laughs> well done, keep going. <laughs> keep going, you're doing a great job, yeah. <laughs> I just want to kind of cheer him on and say, you got there, mate. Um, and then Tony Tupo, he's... A devastating runner. He's playing seventy minutes a game for the Reds. I I could I understand why you've got him in a starting yeah. team. Um, I just want an Alatoro in there because I was thinking he might be the captain for me. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, well, I also went in saying this when I originally had my team. I went off like today. Yeah, sure. And then I texted you and said, "Are you selecting players for today or for June?" Yeah. Okay. And then you're like June, and I was like, "Oh, I, I probably should put Alatoro in there then." Yeah. Uh. uh Gnarly. <laughs> but the thing is, Tupo, first in runs, first in run meters, first in line breaks, first in tackle bus, first Alan in Alan can off-loads. actually play both sides, though. Can he? Yeah. Oh, that's really helpful. Yeah. Okay, so having him in a... Actually, you know what? We both have him in our team. Yeah. I'm assuming you've got him on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to your reserve front row. All right, row. so my reserve front row. JP Smith from Queensland. Oh, okay. Alex Murphy from Queensland. Yep. Alan Alatoa from the Brumbies. Yep. Now, J.P. Smith... Is he eligible? He is. I looked it up. I looked into it. He and his brother have... um, Ruan. They have been Australian citizens since 2014, I think it was. So, they came over from um, South Africa. They've been in Australia for a long time now, but they've been citizens for a long time too. Now, they were actually... Both of them were selected for the Australian Academy. Oh, really? So, they, they must be eligible if they've been in the Academy. It's weird they haven't actually got into picture prior to this because they're pretty good. Yeah. I don't know where... They've been hanging around the, the skirts, I guess. I mean, yep. we've had a lot of front rowers for a while. Like, we've had yep. Kepu. Yeah, true. We've, we've had... we've had Australia has had that sort of set front row for a while now. That's true. Our um, front row's actually been pretty good. Yeah. So, in saying that, this is the time where these guys come forward. So, I just think he's doing really well. Yep. I think he deserves to be in the Wallabies. There he is. Alex Murphy, again... As you said earlier, he's got the stats to prove his worth for being here. I just don't 
think I'd want him starting. Okay. Um, and then Alan Alatoa. I I would like to play him, but at the same time, I think Taniel Tupo is going to add more to my team in the way I would like to see them play yep. than Alatoa. Um, so yeah, that's okay. where I've gone. Let's move to our kind of lock and back yeah. row cover. So the remaining two forwards. Now, I had Rod Simmons as my oh. kind of reserve. Lock. So he, he's yeah, there. He's, he's there. In there. Okay. He's in All there. Right. Grudgingly, All he's right. in there. Okay. Um, and this one was weird. I, I had Jack Dempsey as my I other back I forgot about rower. Jack Dempsey, actually. Now, okay, let me explain this. Um, Rob Simmons, I needed lock cover. And as you mentioned before, who else do you, who else do you go for? Yeah. Who, who are the good locks? Now, Tom Staniforth came. Actually, Tom Staniforth's doing really well on the stats. I've selected Tom Staniforth. Really? So I've got my two. We'll go back to your story. Yeah. I just thought I'd... Yeah, just in. jump in. Tom yeah. Staniforth and Liam Ryan are my two. Yeah, okay. Um, now, let me... So Rob Simmons, I just thought that he has done enough over the long term and he's a reliable option. You know what you're going to get from him yep. and he brings experience into the squad and that's needed. Um Jack Dempsey, I was trying to think of someone that could play six and eight. And yeah, he can play both. He can play both of them. And he's, he's doing all right. I mean, I've, having watched all the Waratahs games, I haven't been that impressed with yeah. him. But when you look at the stats, he's actually he's going all right. He's also a, a player that does lift when he's in that gold jersey. Yeah. Now, his last, or well, probably not his last game for the Wallabies, but the, the Bledisloe Cup game the year before, 2018. Yep. He was a, the last game they played. Mm. They he was a, a massive, and then he got injured. Oh, that might, might have been twenty seventeen actually. Yeah, because he then got injured and he was out for a year. So. Yeah. Well, I've got him in there because I needed versatile back row cover, and I wasn't sure what positions Liam Wright could play. I think he can play eight. Can he? Has he, has got, he played eight? I've got him there. Playing eight really isn't that different to six. Uh, I mean, Eddie Jones and all of his England selections would agree with you, but. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, you get it if you've got a designated, specialized number eight like someone Wycliffe Palu comes mm-hmm. to mind. I wouldn't see Palu playing six. Yeah, but I don't think like nowadays a number six could play number eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I can understand that. Um, okay, so you had sorry, it was Liam Staniforth and, and Staniforth. Talk me through Staniforth a lot more. Come on, he's like the Waratahs battler that's journeyed around a whole bunch yeah of he clubs. has but when we look at the teams we look at the locks that we have in Australia there was no one else that was really putting their hands up for that selection spot yeah. now I've got Rob Simmons up there already I've yep. got Matt Phillip and you had I don't think... at 6 so yeah exactly so he's in the team as well I don't think Isaac Rodder is game fit to be in the Wallabies just yet I maybe agree. he yeah. would be he would be pushing for one of the extended playing spots Outside the match day 23, because they do name 30. Yep. Um, but at the moment, I'd be playing Santa Forth over Rodder. And that's uh, why I've got him in there. Wow. All right, let's move on so we don't drag on. Um, let's go your reserve back. So I want to hear yours first. Okay, Joe Powell as my replacement number nine. Yep. Marika Korobetti, and then Reese Hodge. Reese Hodge. Yeah. Forgot he existed. He's, he's the utility injured. back. Yeah, but he's been injured for so long. He's Is he back yet? He played last week. I'm pre- there last week. I'm pretty sure. Did he? I think so. I think I saw him. Either way, I know Although he's, I do he's coming back from injury. With Hale at Petty. I don't they think do he's back kinda... yet. I don't think he played last week. We'll have to check that. But he's definitely on the return and was back in the picture soon. So think... he would be available for June. But he's such a good utility back. Like he could yeah. play nearly any line, any position in the back line. Probably by ten and nine. Yeah. Um, I would comfortably put him anywhere in there. Yep. And he's got the kicking ability. Yeah. True. Okay. And we're playing Ireland. He had Corabetti. Yeah. He own, he's just a dedicated winger. Yeah. Okay. I guess you've got Hodge, who's such a utility player. That exactly. He can play anywhere. Okay. Um, I had my golden boy, Ryan Ornigan, as, <laughs> <laughs> um, as the reserve scrum half. Then Not I had, really? Yep. Yeah, I'll go through that. Don't rate him. Anyway. Oh, anyway You've got to watch him more. Um, Tom Banks and Noel Alessio. Okay. You reckon he's ready? Yeah, why not? So, basically, my backs are a little bit Hail Marys here and there. <laughs> now, Ryan Wanigan, let's start with him. He is not a running threat anywhere near as much as McDermott. He is a kicking scrum half. And he has kicked double the metres 15 times to McDermott's 12, despite having played a whole bunch less. Um, 
He has scored 22 points in only 150 minutes, where, whereas McDermott has scored 19 points in 373 minutes. Yeah. So if you look at simple points on the board, then Lonergan is doing so much better. And that is because he is at 100% kick percentage. 100%? 100%. He's had eight Far kicks. Out. He's got all of them. Seven conversions, one penalty. So I think that form is something that you, you just can't ignore. Yep. Okay. I can understand if you think about it and then still don't choose him. <laughs> but uh, you, what, what did we comment about, about how New Zealand teams do things to Australian teams in the match? They kick easy penalties. Yep. They kind of pip us right at the end of the match. Well, if we're able to just convert penalties that we get yep. anywhere inside there basically their half that's that changes the way that we can play the game yep. kind of from about the what 55th minute onwards is yeah. normally when a scrum half would swap out yep. and so I just that really mattered to me um, Tom Eggs back three cover almost deserves a start if Hale Petty wasn't so good and so reliable in the air um, he's third on runs third on run meters overall like he pips um, Dane Hale Petty in a couple of those and he can play on the wing so I just think that he's my cover for there. And Noah, Noah Alessio, when you've got O'Connor and Tamua, who can both play different positions across yep. the back line, I think we can carry a dedicated fly half on the bench. Yeah, but do you reckon he's ready? Yeah, but how would you know unless you chuck him in? Come on. Like I've, gone 18, for ex- I've gone for experience nearly everywhere else in the team. I, yeah, And I'm, so he's my one kind of Hail Mary player. I'm just reluctant to throw these guys in too early. Now, yes, they're doing well in Super Rugby. We've, they've had seven games... Mm-hmm. They've they've been tested. Yep. I just don't know if putting them into the Wallabies setup too early is going to de- be too detrimental, detrimental to their development. Who are we playing in the June series? Ireland. And? Who knows? It was meant to be like Samoa, wasn't it? Oh, I, 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 you're saying who else will be playing? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying like, and that means? No. No, no. no. Um, I think it was Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. Thank you. And so I just think like, <laughs> if we can't beat Fiji at home, I mean, I know we lost them in, what, 2013? The yeah, reigning game in that. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was Scotland. Was that Scotland? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, we've lost to Fiji as well. Um, if we can't be, be, be beating Fiji at home, I would just be worrying regardless. Yep. And so I'd just be acting with confidence, thinking that, yeah, I'm going to be picking a player that I believe has the ability to... He has shown really good perseverance, particularly when he's had a couple of bad games, but then has come back really well the following week. And we've seen we've seen him play well behind a dominant pack. Correct. Yeah. So if we can get good go forward ball yep. and good scrummaging base yep. with this forward pack, yep. then yeah, um, why not? Just thought I'd give it a go. Who are now, yours? Oh, you already said yours. I've said you? mine. Yep. So I'll just run through it quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Powell, Mariki Korobetti, and Reese Hodge. Okay, cool. Now, in the going for a similar um, vein in what you were just saying with Lalesio, I've named four players who I think should be in the squad, not necessarily to play, yep, just to get the experience of being in the national okay, setup development and around players. the players. Yep. Development players. Yep. So my I've got four of them. Number mm-hmm. one, Noel Alessio. Sure. Number two, Angus Bell. Yep. Ryan Lawrence. Oh yeah. From Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And Harry Wilson. Yeah, cool. Now, Ryan Lawrence, I was. I nearly selected him as my starting number nine. But mm-hmm. then I thought, mm, he hasn't been tested enough yet. Yeah, okay. And I put him on the bench, and I still wasn't confident of it. Yeah, sure. So I put him in as a, as a development player at this mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. He's, his stats are really good, but I just I don't think he's been tested at a level at an international level yet. Yeah, okay. And I don't really want to put these guys in and find out that they don't, they don't work, especially under what we've come through, where Australian rugby is at the moment. Yep. I want our team to come out there and... Bash Island. Mm-hmm. So that's why you've... Yeah, okay. Thinking about that and then looking back at your team, it makes sense. You've gone for a lot of really attacking, dominant players that are going to be getting that physicality with combined with a fast-paced game. Mm. It's, honestly, it's kind of reminding me of like a checker style, but with a little bit more flair. Yep. Okay. Okay. With my development players, I had Harrison, Wilson, and Bill. Um, I only chose three because I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, so I kind of want Bell, uh, yeah, Will, Harry Wilson. Uh, Harry Wilson. Seriously, having Will Harrison and Harry Wilson <laughs> next to each other on the list is really frustrating. Um, yeah, uh, 
yeah. then Angus okay. Angus Bell as well. But I had no worse CEO in my team, yeah, that's so that's right. why he's not. So he's good enough to take that step up. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, if I could select an additional one, maybe. Yep. I'd have Harrison in there as well. Yep. But, um, yeah. Cool. Well, basically, that's a bit of fun because in. My predictions of what's going to be happening in Australia come June, we're not going to be having an international series. You don't um, think we're going to play? I don't think we're going to. Mm. By the time that comes around, it's, it's actually not that far away. It's not. Um, you've got April, May. You've got two months and there's probably still going to be the quarantine expectations. And so any team coming from Ireland is going to have to quarantine for two weeks upon arrival yeah, into the country. Really. Yeah, it's like, not like they've got another competition to play, though. <laughs> That's true, actually. They could just come they just get here No, they're not early. allowed to come here now because we've got the international travel restriction. Are you an Australian citizen? No, I'm Irish. No, get you can't out. come in. Get out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... this. Uh, in many ways, this is fun. Yeah. But in many ways, it's purely hypothetical because the games may not even go ahead. And in saying that, as you've said... If this was the team that was going up against the All Blacks, I don't know if this is the same team I'd put up against yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't have one again. And well. Media for you to have a look at, if it's easier to see written down. We'd love you to put your teams on social yeah, media as well. So um, hit us up on there and yeah. Anything else to say about this one, Andy? Uh, just one of the things I've really been enjoying is getting some feedback and kind of input from the listeners. Yeah. We love getting messages on WhatsApp and through the different social media channels as yeah, well. Yeah, we've had a few this week. Which so, awesome. yeah, and some possible kind of just opportunities to expand what we're doing here in a pod that are coming yeah. through. So we're really, really excited for the engagement that we're getting. So can I just say thank you? Thank you for listening. Um, and thank you for, if you have, spreading the word about who we are, what we do, and the fun that we're trying to have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To it's kind awesome. of Australian rugby. Uh, we would love for you to kind of share again what we're doing, invite your friends or family to listen because the more the merrier of this little fun community that we yeah, have along. It. More pick and drive, the better. Exactly. Anything on your end, mate? No, I think you've said everything brilliantly. Yeah, so just thank you for the support. Um, we've got the social media platforms there. Please feel free to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love to hear what your teams are and maybe we'll see this week what happens with this uh, national competition but we would love to get your thoughts around what you'd like to see happen if if potentially we could bring in some new laws trial some new things mm-hmm. um, and how you we'd love to hear what you think about the force coming back into super rugby or in some capacity so yeah thanks guys well that's been fun thanks so much thank you for listening to this week's episode of pick and drive rugby podcast You can follow us on social media at the following outlets. Follow our Facebook page at Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. Send us a tweet at at pick underscore drive rugby. Follow our Instagram at pick underscore drive underscore rugby. Or send us an email at pickanddriverugby at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any questions or feedback you may have, so get in touch. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week.